What's up, everyone? Quick hitter podcast for the boys, for the crowd, for the people. Uh, Gonzaga just won the WCC tournament. Not a huge surprise. Uh, felt pretty sweet beating the uh, St. Mary Gales, St. Mary's Gales, uh, after the loss a couple weeks ago. A little bit of redemption. Uh, we got a full crew tonight, but I think we should just hop right into it, boys. Uh, first half, Gonzaga was up 38 28. Who's, who wants to uh, start us off with their takes? Um, I'll jump in. I was just very confused by this game because normally in any game we, we, we're kind of dominating going into the first half. It's because our bigs are going off or at least are having some impact. I think Chet and Timmy had to combine like two or four points in the first half and we were still up 10. So excited to see that for the team that Strother and Watson could step up. But I was still a little concerned that our bigs didn't have any points. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what sort of uh, defensive scheme Randy Bennett is employing, or what this Matthias Toss is, you know, doing to our bigs here. But fuck, I mean, two games in a row where Chet and Timmy have not put up big numbers offensively. I will say, I think there's a distinction to be made about Timmy's struggles with with Chet's. Felt like Chet was getting good looks pretty much the entire game, especially in that first half. And they just weren't going good looks, just not going. They even looked good up until they weren't going. Um, whereas Timmy kind of, man, I, I, is it just a, is, is toss just a mismatch? I don't know. I don't, is toss the best defender in the league? God, <laughs> big old lumberjack over there. I'm sorry, but did we win the game? Are we WCC champs? Can we get a little more energy to the start of the show here, boys? We are. <laughs> That was impressive. Let's get fired up. Let's cop it up for the boys. Come on now. Let's go. Well, I don't there was no windmill dunk from Dom Harris. So <laughs> well, uh, I'm a little lacking on the energy. I'll I'll own up to that one, boys. But um, you know, it is good to see us get the title back for usual. I think it's just kind of expected now, you know. We expect this from the team. Um, I will say it was great to see the guard step up. Um, I think. One thing that changed from the two games was it felt like in our loss, the guards and wings weren't quite as prepared to get passes and and have to kind of take control of the game uh, because we are so reliant on Timmy and Holmgren. Uh, But this game, they were ready. And that was just due to adjusting to the game plan that they, uh, that St. Mary's implemented and they didn't really change too much. It felt like, um, so it was really good to see them make that adjustment. Um, but anywho, any other thoughts from the first half, boys? Uh, yeah, shout out to Strother. I mean, he kind of lit it up that first half, knocking down a, a couple big threes and giving us what, like a 10, 12-point cushion. Um, and, yeah, I, I know he was kind of absent in that game against San Francisco. Didn't do a whole hell of a lot. So it's good to see him, you know, kind of shake that off and really come out that – first half strong and um, help us get that lead. Because I think St. Mary's to start, didn't they build like a five, seven-point lead? And we kind of worked our way back into the game. I know that first five minutes was kind of slow for us. Yeah, I mean, we started out pretty poorly, but our defense played great from the beginning. I will say that because it looked very similar to the start of the first game where our offense just had no idea what to do. Like, I, I have no idea – like, I was talking to Zambia about it. I'm like, what? like St. Mary's is playing great defense 
on us, but I can't pinpoint what's great about it. Like it was so confusing how they could limit both Timmy and Chet and like force all these bad shots. Well, I, I sort of feel like, well, first, first going back a step, Dan is absolutely right. First, we should celebrate that we won the WCC championship. The boys covered little backdoor spread there at the end. I know Jake was happy about that. And oh, we basically Kevin Bowen or whatever yeah. the fuck that St. Mary's name is. Yeah. And we basically, you know, for all intents and purposes, secured the overall number one seed. I think the only other school with an argument at this point is potentially Arizona, but in that's even a stretch. Um, that's the positive. I'm going to step back and go a little bit negative here. Well, it's not too negative, but, but oh God, I would love to see Strother just be able to stay consistent like he did in that first half throughout the game, because that uh, we're right now, we're a three headed dragon on this team. And I think everyone kind of agrees with that. We're Timmy, Chet, Nemhard. When you get guys like Strother, Bolton, Watson, I'll even throw in Salas and, and Hickman. When though when those guys step up, this team is unbeatable, borderline unbeatable. Um, but I would just love to see it more consistently because I mean, Cooper said it, he got 13 first half points and then three second half points. And and maybe that's something to do with St. Mary's defense. I don't know. It's just I would love to see more consistency. Well, can't they share the head of this? Of the dragon here, can we have a Strother first half dragon and a Razier Bolton second half dragon, and that's still a four headed dragon? Does that work uh, for you? No. Nope. Oh, no. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. That's nope. not a thing. No, nope. that's communism, Dan. For marketing purposes, that does not fly. I mean, Didn't Khaleesi have three dragons? It could, Dan, Dan, it could be a Hydra. <laughs> could be a Hydra where maybe if you chop off Timmy's head, you get a, a Strother and a Bolton <laughs> head that both pop out. That's that's doable. But they're like little baby heads coming little, out from Timmy's yeah, big yeah. head. You're, you're splitting the, the wavelengths there. <laughs> <laughs> back uh, back to back to someone else's note about St. Mary's defense. I think I think Jake maybe brought it up. Does it seem like St. Mary's just plays an uber aggressive style of defense where they're either just gonna force the refs to call a foul every single possession, or they're just like or, or it works to their advantage and they don't, and they can just hack the shit out of our players it does feel like that um that leads i mean shout out to gonzaga it seems like we've actually figured out how to make free throws if we weren't making free throws this game it would have been it could have gotten pretty ugly a lot more pressure on the team but yeah it feels like also who who's number zero on uh saint mary's uh was dukas or logan johnson Logan Johnson, man, that guy is a good player. He he made so many big plays tonight for St. Mary's. He threw and an absolute hammer down on us a couple weeks ago in the closing minutes of that game. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> but, like, defensively and offensively, like, it felt like when they needed a bucket, he was there on the loose balls. A lot of just tough shots he was able to make, and he kept St. Mary's in this game. Yeah, they those their guards. Uh, I don't know if I sent this in the chat, but they are extremely frustrating to play against because you're like, how are they keeping them so flow? How is this a four point game? Which we can transition to right now. But the second half, luckily the boys obviously, as we alluded to, secured the dub, eighty two sixty nine, covered the spread, all that good stuff. But it wasn't quite that clean. 
there was a lot of tension towards, you know, the middle of the second half, uh, pretty back and forth. And I think it was down to a two point game at one point. Guys, what do we think here? Yeah, no, uh, Paige, speaking on frustrations, I think a, a glaring sore on this game was uh, Chet. Because you can see him just getting visibly frustrated. And, you know, when you get frustrated, one, you make dumb fouls, two, you make bad passes. We saw both of those in both the first half and the second half. It wasn't his day. I don't know what it is about St. Mary's, but – for some reason, they just walked down the unicorn. And, I mean, it could just be they're his kryptonite, but I feel like other teams in the tournament, they're going to watch this film and be like, hey, here's how we shut down Chet Holgram. But that was the biggest thing I, I really saw today. I mean, balance as always, but, yeah. It, can, can we stick with that for a second? And can anyone here identify what St. Mary's does? to stop our bigs? I think one big thing is they get in the passing lanes pretty well. Like they were making it very hard for any passes into the paint. And then also when we were trying to swing it around, I think we had about three turnovers from lazy passes. Um, besides that, I don't know. I mean, they switch pretty well, but I, yeah, I have they, no answer uh, to it. Uh, for Timmy specifically, I do know they change the double a lot, so where it's coming from, so he can't kind of always rely on it coming, say, from the, the front side as opposed to the back side. So that's something that Timmy specifically has a lot of problems with. Chet, it looks like they're pretty good at being aware of when he's dribbling and taking it to the rack. They're really good at swiping. I saw Bogan do it like three or four times to Chet tonight, um, just himself. So those are two things I always noticed. Uh, or at least I noticed tonight. Uh, besides that, I mean, Chet had the looks. Like I, as Zane mentioned, like he was wide open for a couple of threes. They just weren't falling. Um, and that happens every once in a while. But it does build up. You're right. It does build up. It can get frustrating for a young player uh, who's used to quite literally, you know, tearing everyone else up uh, in the league, at least. Um, but I don't know. Uh, Zane sent a, uh, a text in the chat. Uh, this tonight, he said it was Timmy time, but as a matter of fact, another player stepped up. And when it was, you know, a two, three, four point game, this player took over. Also, I'll, I'll go as far as say hitting a step back three over Tommy Cousy and a couple of and ones. Uh, Mr. Roger Bolton, guys, what do we think about Roger's second half performance tonight? It was what? so funny watching the run. I was watching with Zambi, and right before he hit that step back three, Chris was like, has, has Bolton even made any shots so far? And just drains the three. I'm like, fuck you, Zambi. You doubted him. And then he went off. Oh, that that step back three was the ultimate, like, as soon as he step backs and, and chucks it up, nine out of ten people are going, oh, fuck. And then he drains it, and we go, oh, all right, sounds good. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, this kind of goes back to a – you know, conversation we've had time and time again on this show is who who can be the guy that we go to when things get tough. When Chet fouled out of this game, I think we were only up by two or three. Maybe it was as wide of a gap as four, but that was kind of worry time for, for Zags fans because it wasn't looking pretty up to that point. Um, and I think, you know, you automatically think Timmy's going to take over this game now. He's He's our veteran. He's our leader. 
He's got the stash. Let's go. Um, but you know, I, this team has other pieces. Strother stepped up in the first half. Uh, we'll get to this in a sec, but Nemhard, you know, shut the door later in the game. Bolton made his presence known and took over for a good, you know, two, two and a half minutes there. Um, and that, it, it, and quite frankly, you know, those two and a half minutes were insurmountable for St. Mary's as the game carried on. Um, before we move on though, I think we got to go back and give a little praise to Anton Watson in this game, because I personally give the guy a ton of flack uh, just because yeah, no good reason to be honest with you, but I feel like the guy, you know, productive on offense, couple of huge offensive rebounds when the game was still close. Um, and then, you know, stellar defense on the other side of the ball. Um, loved what I saw from, from, from the bench today as a whole led by Anton Watson. Yeah, no, I think uh, Anton played with a lot of heart. I was telling Jake while we were watching it, the guy literally just glides across the floor. It's like he's working, but it's just so smooth. He just keeps going with it. And obviously I'm biased. G-Prep bullpups, baby. Um, <laughs> but loved what I saw Anton today. Um, I think it's a good step going into the tournament. And I think he'll be an X factor going forward. Uh Quick, quick Anton Watson observation, because just based on what Zambi said, gliding across the floor, I think that when he makes a big play, it looks extra cool because he makes it look so effortless. But when he makes a bad play, it amplifies how bad it looks because it looks like he might not be trying that hard, but that's just the way his body moves. Incredibly frustrating when you're on the bad end of that. I agree. Uh, I will say... Oh, sorry, Paige. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, no, I was just going to say that one take he had against Toss where he kind of like a little, ooh, a little shake, a little give and go a little bit, a little <laughs> took it to the rack. I want to see more of that. I want to see Anton getting switched onto the five a little bit and using his, uh, as, as Zambi called it, gliding ability to take it to the rack. And uh, that looked good. I was like, ooh, okay, Anton. All right. There were, there were times that I were – he. Straight up looked like the best player on the court. And that is unbelievable for our sixth man to uh, be able to be that skilled and have that that potential. Um, I mean, if you go back to that first half, like Drew and Chet aren't really doing much. Anton had, Anton had 10 points in the game. He probably had eight to 10 of those in that first half, right? Like he was, he was doing everything. So, um, you know, without Anton, we don't have that 10-point lead. And then we, you know – don't have the opportunity to, you know, maybe pull away like we did there. So yeah, Anton was absolutely massive. Um, if he can be like this consistently, which that's always been the thing, we see a little bits and pieces of it, but it doesn't, you know, sustain itself. If he can do that, oh baby, I love what is on the horizon for us. I have a question because a lot of the talk about Bolton and Watson right now are it, it's the result of Timmy perhaps not getting it done offensively like we're used to. This is this is the second time we've seen this in the last three games where he's really been limited. I mean, he ended with 10 points, but four for six, so didn't really take that many shots. Um, I mean, and, and, and two of those points came off free throws. So heading into the tournament, boys, where are we at with Timmy right now? 
I think Timmy's fine right now. Um, obviously, he didn't have like an amazing game for him, for his standards. But it feels like St. Mary's has just found a way to like limit him. And instead of our last game against St. Mary's, where we just we just try to force everything through Timmy, and even though it wasn't working, this time we realized we have all these other pieces. So then Nemhard stepped up, Watson, Strother, much happier with that, with, with Timmy, you know, deferring and drawing off defenders to let other guys, you know, help win than trying to just, it's, you know, in the tournament, that's the biggest thing is adaptability. If you have a matchup that shuts down Timmy, you want to see teams that can, or you want to see other players, you can, you can make that up. And, you know, obviously it'd be great to have Timmy have 20 points every night, but it's just not going to happen. To that point, Jake, too, I think, um, you know, if we look at the St. Mary's matchups in general, Matthias Toss knows Drew Timmy probably better than anybody in the country. He's played against him for three seasons now, I believe. Um, he's obviously a little bit bigger than Drew. Uh, so I think that that plays a little bit of factor into it. But we were just talking about the adaptability. How about the ability of this team to, you know, when adversity strikes and Chet's on the bench with foul trouble to come out and win that game the way they did? I think that is also a huge takeaway going forward. Yeah, I agree. I think the next logical <laughs> the next logical topic would be Nemhard because ultimately as this game sort of dwindled down, Andrew Nemhard went kind of UCLA mode. Uh, a little flashback from a couple of months ago now and just absolutely shut the door on St. Mary's despite them hitting a couple of late threes to maybe make it feel uh, closer than it was. Uh, I think he ended the game with 19 points, eight for 16 from the field, three from five, three for five from three point range, um, seven assists. The dude was on. Yeah, yeah. no, uh, Oh, you go, Dan. Nope, that's Cooper. That was Cooper. <laughs> I'll, I'll take this. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take this. And you can. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I you really got to give it to Nemhard on this one. He, him, and Bolton. Bolton kind of had that first, you know, um, wave of points, and then it was really Nemhard after that who really took the game over and sealed it for us. And uh, Zane, I know you you mentioned earlier that you think Bolton could be our guy. I really think it's Nemhard. I know I said that a couple weeks ago. I mean, when it comes down to crunch time, the ball is going to be in his hands. And um, if it's a two, four-point game, he's the one that's going to be making plays. It's not Timmy. It's not anyone else. I think it's it's Nemhard. So um, you love to see that tonight, and hopefully we get more of that in the tournament. Yeah, what I was going to say is, uh, so I'm sitting here with Jake, and I was like, I think this is the game that Nemhard kind of takes over. And uh, I forgot who said it, but basically it was kind of UCLA-esque. Granted, as we've talked about time and time again, um, our offense was pretty balanced in terms of the guards. But, um, yeah, no, I think Nemhard kind of displayed a sense of urgency and a want for this win. And so I think if he doesn't have that, I think the outcome's a little bit different. Definitely doesn't cover the spread. Do we win? I mean, time could tell. Or I mean, it's, it's all hypothetical at this point. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think he, he played pretty well. I'm happy with uh, – have we called him Andy Nemhard yet? 
Guys do call him Andy all the time. Oh, really? He he that. has specifically told Drew Timmy to not call him Andy in, in post game <laughs> interviews. But all right, boys, to close out the St. Mary's segment here, I have an idea. Let's go around and take one positive takeaway from this game and then maybe one area of concern because it wasn't all pretty. Uh, who, who should start? Take it, Jake. You spoke up first. Okay, I like it. Uh, one positive, uh, I will say I'm going to stick with my free throw take. If we're if we're making eighty percent as a team, we're going to be a very hard team to beat in the tournament. Uh, negative, gotta stop with these dry spells. I have no idea where these dry spells are coming from, but my God, it's like the Gobi Desert there for a bit. It's just dry and barren and just full of bulldog bones. You know, we need um, we need a lush environment here. No dry spells for the Zags. I like it, Jake. Um, I'll go next. Positive. Uh, it really seems like the staff and the, and the team in general are making good adjustments. I mean, we can really only go off of so much, being that we really do have a lot more talent than most teams in the WCC. Um, but St. Mary's is a, probably the best testing stick or, or measuring stick we get um, in conference. So, it was just I thought it was really positive to see some of the adjustments. I thought some of the new defensive assignments and things like that looked good. Specifically, I'm a big press guy. You guys know this. Big press guy. <laughs> Seeing Salas at the head of the press. Ooh. Love that. Ooh. Love, that was like classical theater to me. I was just like, <laughs> oh, chef's kiss. Loved it. Um, so I just thought that was positive. Um, negative or maybe not so great. Um, honestly, for it being the last WCC game, I was hoping to get a show from Chet. Um, I know it's a lot to ask, um, considering we still won and everything like that. But, you know, D. Holmgren brought the camcorder. He was ready for a show. I was ready for a show. And uh, it's okay, though. You know, it, it happens. Um, I was just a little bummed that the newcomer slash defensive player of the year was a little quiet tonight. I'll <clears throat> I'll wrap up the uh, the hosts and let the uh, let the interns go next, but I'll go positive. Uh, Dan alluded to it earlier, but when uh, Timmy left the game with foul trouble, it was good to see this team sort of band together when things were perhaps turning bleak. It seemed like St. Mary's was gaining a little momentum. It was a foul that I think it was probably the right call, but. Could have gone either way. Jake strongly disagrees. Um, but yeah, to see the team kind of band together there where, you know, I, I was getting ready to, to refill the whiskey glass. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they, they, they came together and, and our guards stepped up big time this game. Um, negative, I, I, I would just love to see, you know, it, it's kind of hand in hand with what Jake said, but just just some consistency with this team. Um, just because I don't, I do not believe that St. Mary's is a, like, I, I'm, I'm still shocked that they're in the top 25. And I, and I know maybe that's just my Gonzaga bias speaking, but 
I just don't, if we struggle with St. Mary's, it makes me nervous about the games that we need to play down the stretch. And so I would have loved to have seen us just crush this team because I don't think the 13 points in, is a true indicator of how this game went. Um, so that's, that's my negative. Yeah, no, I, I agree, Zane. A um, little bit more lighter fluff for you guys. I think my positive is um, senior Holmgren, or Holgren, excuse me. That guy has absolute stamina holding that 4K. It's, it's not a camcorder, <laughs> but he's just filming that thing. He has it on lock. I don't, me and Jake were talking about, is it just on his knee because he's so lanky, or does he just have like an extra muscle in his like bicep? Like <laughs> that guy is just zoned in the whole time. Uh, great coverage, but um, I'd say my negative is I don't know. At least in the first half, it seemed that our so say we put up a shot. It's it's a brick. There's like a one one half second like sequence there that none of our players were running back. They just kind of like stood there. And I think that led to a lot of transition buckets for St. Mary's. And so I, I really don't know why or like how we, we were really doing that, but those are my two takeaways there. I'll take the mic. Um, I think my biggest positive from this game was – the fact that we really won this game with our guards and not our bigs. Um, I think that says something about how deep we are. And it's a very likely possibility that that may have to happen again in the tournament where our guards are really going to step up and win a game for us. Um, so to see that tonight was, um, yeah, gave me a good peace of mind that we can win and win games in several different ways. Uh, as far as a negative goes, um, I wish I would have saw – more from our freshman not named Chet Holmgren as far as playmaking goes. Um, I don't think – did either Hunter or Nolan score a point tonight or a basket? Dallas had at least two. Which Hunter had, Dallas had one. Hunter had a free throw. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Nice. So that, that kind of tells you all you need to know. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's so true, Coop. I think I think <laughs> Salas in particular does a lot defensively, especially in this game guarding Kuzi, that the points, the one point did not reflect. Well, I mean, I'm speaking more from like an offensive standpoint. I know Paige mentioned it in our group text that things kind of, you know, the wheels kind of fall off when both Chet and Nemhart are out of the game. And a lot of times when that happens, both – Hickman and Salas on the game. So more so from an offensive standpoint, I wish we saw more. All right. All right. I will finish it out. I do think we've gotten a little, uh, our listeners may have a hard time following what's happened in this game today. I think we said Drew Timmy, or I think we said Chet fouled out. We said Drew Timmy was the one in foul trouble. It's been a little jumbled. Um, so I'm still going to go back to the fact that the biggest positive for me is that with Chet sitting in foul trouble and with only him and Drew combining for 18, that we find a way to win that WCC championship. I think that's huge. I think down the stretch in the tournament, when it's not going to be perfect every time, you got to be able to win when, you know, dealing with some adversity and Chet in foul trouble in an NCAA tournament, that's very reasonable. So 
to already have that experience to come out on top doing it. I love what's going to happen when we get faced with that situation again. Um, in terms of the negative, I just think that there were some – the last two games, obviously, uh, really lazy turnovers that can be absolutely crushing in a good game against a good team. Um, because even if our offense is, is clicking, we're able to get out and run. When we then let another team that doesn't want to run get out and run and they get easy buckets, that just – Changes the whole game. So uh, we just got to tighten up a little bit. But um, all in all, I like where we're at. Last last positive to wrap this up, boys. We can, pending uh, COVID fifth-year senior action, I think we can officially say goodbye to Tommy Cousy, Matthias Toss, Logan Johnson, and Dan Fotu. Four guys that have, you know, caused caused fits for the past four or five years. Damn. St. Mary's is going to drop off a cliff. I didn't realize they had that many seniors. Yeah. Yeah. Sheesh. It's going to be like the Pepperdine effect. Yeah. So long, suckers. Jake, did you have a little uh, note you wanted to make for us? I did. Um, you know, while we talked about the men winning the WCC championship, uh, Lady Zags also taking care of business, uh, being the two seed, beating one seed, BYU, 71-59. Um, led by a combined 26 points by the Tron Twins. Um, awesome win for the Lady Zags. They were a bubble team going into the tournament. And, you know, nothing like an automatic bid to alleviate any any fears going into March. Oh, yeah. Um, congrats, Lady Zags. We love it. Title town over there in Spokane. Um, in the WCC landscape. But... Uh, Moving on, we have a little tourney talk. Coop, time, did you boys. did you did you have something oh. quick here, Coop? Coop has something. Uh, yeah. I mean, I kind of figured we could round table, and now that the regular season and WCC tournament are over, I think we should just go around and give our season grades for this team before entering the tournament. Not sure who that, wants to yeah. start. I'll lead it off, Coop. I'll lead it off. I'm going A minus. Um, an A would have been beating Duke or Alabama. An A plus would have been perfecto. But uh, all in all, with the adversity that we overcame at times and bounce it back from that Duke and Alabama back to back fiasco, um, we're right where we thought we'd be when we first recorded this show preseason. We thought we'd be a number one seed going to the tournament. That's where you're at. Pretty difficult to be upset with that. I like it. I'm going to give us a B plus. Um, a lot of the same reasoning. I just think the St. Mary's loss just, I don't know, that just stuck in my craw. Um, you know, losing only three games in the season, we're spoiled. That's a B plus season for us. But just with how high the bar has been set from last year's team, um, if, if, you know, of the three close games, we, we lost all three of those. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going B plus. It can be raised to an A if we win the national championship. Just letting all the Gonzaga players know, I will change my <laughs> grades post, um, post April. There, there is opportunity for bonus points then. Is there that there are. There. <laughs> A bonus project bonus. at the end of the semester? Yeah. Extra, extra credit. Extra credit. <laughs> I'll... I'll chime in. I, I think uh, my recency bias 
wants to say B plus like Jake. And I think it's because of the St. Mary's game that we lost to end the regular season. And then sort of like the, the way the San Francisco game ended and they brought it back. And then sort of that second half slump that we saw before Bolton and Nemhard took over um, in the game tonight against St. Mary's, but it's an A minus. I mean, this team lost three games. One of them was to Duke, which was extremely close. Uh, one of them was to Alabama who made just a stupid amount of threes against us. And we still showed fight to come back. Granted that that is basically a home loss. It's on a neutral court, but that was a home loss for all intents and purposes. And then the St. Mary's loss is inexcusable in my mind still. Um, it's an A minus though. I mean, one, one conference loss and what I would say are two acceptable um, pre-conference losses I'm going a minus, um, but, but that's, that's more of my brain. My heart wants to say B plus. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I'm leaning towards B plus other than a minus um, same areas game. I mean, we all know during the regular season, it was just shitty, but I think if you look at our, uh, our win differential, it's pretty good. I mean, we lost to, Duke and Alabama by what a combined 12 points, I think it was. And then granted the wine was sitting kind of hard. So I can't remember the, the St. Mary's loss in the regular season, but I think all in all, we played pretty well. Um, we did have some adversity. I mean, obviously Dom Harris is out. We had Kane Perry go down. Um, I think for what it's worth, we've played pretty well, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's all how you, respond to adversity and so i think the next coming weeks are going to be very telling so balls in your court zags have faith in you let's go all right love it uh i'll go next i'm surprised boys i feel like i'm i'm the most positive one in this segment um i'm going a and i think you got to look at the program as a whole um considering we lost four starters from a national championship runner-up team last year and follow that up with just three losses, uh, basically complete new roster besides three contributors, um, as well as what's going to likely be the number one overall team. Bug it. I'm giving it an A. I think that's a job well done. <laughs> Participation trophy page is what they call you. Oh, you stop that right now. I'm not a participation trophy guy to clear the air. This is this is the same page who literally could not find a positive thing to say in last week's episode <laughs> after the same Mary's game. Uh, they caught me in a good mood tonight. <laughs> I'll go I'll go ahead and put a bow on this one. I'm gonna I think Zane and Zane, Zambi, and Dan all had it. I'm gonna go A minus. And a large reason I'm going with that and not an A um, is the fact that we did go 0-3 in those games against uh, teams where we were down at half. I think if we were able to uh, get one of those, uh, particularly that Duke game where it was pretty neck and neck, um, I give us an A. But I'll take an A-, minus, and an A- minus means there's room for improvement. And that improvement's going to come the in the tournament and get us over the hump. So, yeah. That's my score. 
or grade. I like it. Excuse me to the rest of the chat for uh, trying to get the positive vibes going for the tournament. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, cool. Well, uh, changing gears a little bit, I, I alluded to it a little bit earlier. Um, still a little basketball talk before we wrap into some other things. Uh, but we got a little taste of tournament talk for y'all. Uh, March Madness starts in eight days, maybe sooner. No, a week, right? Isn't that when the first four play? Seven days. Because today's wow. basically over. Yep. Seven, Seven days from Wednesday. Tourney time. God. The most exciting time of the rent. year. Yes. Yes, Jake. Um, what we're going to do tonight. We're going to list two teams that we do not want to see in the tournament. Uh, one being, you know, probably a, a title contender or somewhere in that realm. And then a dark horse team. Um, maybe not so obvious. Maybe they have just like a weird style of play or whatever it is. But that's what we're going to do tonight. Who wants to lead us off, boys? Question on this. Should we limit it to who we don't want to see in our region on our road to the final four or does tournament in general? I say just tournament in general. Or I think I think you can assume that the obvious one is going to be like a post elite eight. Team. Yeah. And then yeah, for yeah. the dark horse is kind of like that eight or nine seed you're kind of worried about. Well, so I'll, I can go I'll, first. I'll jump. Oh, 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 oh. Spider Man meme. Oop, you, me. Uh, uh, oh, 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 oh. I think you should go actually because I just talked a lot. Uh, um, I'll say for the <laughs> the contender I'm worried about facing is Kentucky. This Oscar Tashibwe, I that guy gives me nightmares. Um, I feel like he could bully Timmy on the glass. I feel like he could get Chad into foul trouble very easily just battling for boards. Um, and then Kentucky's just full of other, you know, athletes and just, you know, star guards. It, it would just be a tough matchup. Could not agree more with this pay, with this pick, Jake. I love that pick. And, and uh, just big big guys have given us trouble all year, it seems like. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they edged out Purdue for me just because Purdue is as inconsistent as hell because they're a Big Ten team. Um, and then for my dark horse, I'm going to say TCU. Like a, a tenth seed, like TCU, they have played – Pretty much all the best teams in college basketball, Texas Tech, Texas, Baylor, Kansas, they're competitive in most of their games. They've had a couple of upsets. It If there's a chance for an embarrassing loss where, like, the WCC conference is called in question, that's a TCU matchup, I think. Yeah, I know. I, I agree. Um, I think I'll start off with my dark horse. Uh, Bryant is going to be my dark horse because we all know <laughs> what happened – Back when we played Davidson, what was that 2011, I believe, with Seth? Yeah. Dan's shaking his head, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, granted, he looked like super douchey on the Sports Center highlights. And, I mean, I, that, that's, that's all I have to say about this. <laughs> um, a team I wouldn't want to play, I'd say probably. I want to say Kentucky also. Um, I feel like I wouldn't want to play Duke because 
they're going to be revitalized losing to um, UNC. So they'll have a little bit of extra flair, and we've already lost them once. Granted, yes, we can build off that tape, but um, I don't know. It's March. We sleep in May. Uh, I'll, I'll take the mic. Um, as far as like a contender, and I don't even know if you call this team a true contender, but I do think they will be a relatively high seed, probably a three or a four, depending on how their tournament shakes out. But I'm going to go Illinois. Um, I think with Kofi Coburn and what is it? Andre Kubello, Kubalo, something like that. Um, I think when they're on, they can play with the best of them us being one of those teams. And um, I think Kofi neutralizes both Timmy and Chet. And I mean, we saw what Toss can do to Chet in the paint. I think Kofi could do that times two. So um, that team could give us fits. Um, and then as far as like an eight or nine seed that I could see being a bit of a challenge, and this is kind of recency bias, uh, I'm going to go North Carolina. I think, you know, they're playing pretty hot right now. Um, they've got, you know, a couple like good pieces in Brady Manic and, uh, bake it something like that, I think, <laughs> but, uh, <Bacon>. <laughs> yeah, bake. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, when, what they did to Duke, I think was pretty impressive and, um, there's just, they're just one of those teams where, I mean, no one's really expecting them to do much, but, um, and there's zero pressure. So they could just come in and play, play free and, you know, kind of shock us. But um, yeah. So there's my two teams. Kind of like the UCLA of last year. Exactly. I like that. That's a, that's a good pick. And I don't know if I agree with Illinois, but yeah, I, I mean, Cockburn just by himself is, is pretty terrifying. I, uh, I don't agree with that one just because all the big 10 are frauds. <laughs> um, but I guess, I guess I'll go ahead next. Um, I think my obvious, my more obvious one would be, and I, and I think we've talked about this in our group chat before, um, Texas tech and, and, and a couple reasons for this first, I always think it's tougher to beat a team twice. I just think that's just in any sport, it's always tougher to beat a team that you've already beaten let alone a team that I think we beat by like 15 points the first time we played them. If I recall, it didn't really feel like a game. Um, I think Texas Tech has grown up massively since then. Granted, they did have a, a they've had a couple of slip ups in the Big 12, but I mean, we played them pretty early on in the season. Um, they were adjusting to a new coaching staff. Uh, um, and so I, I just, that's a team that I don't, you know. I think they're going to be a three. Maybe maybe they can jump up to a two or fall to a four. But I mean, certainly if they're if they're a, a four, I don't want to see them prior to. I mean, what I, I don't want to play them in in a, like a Sweet Sixteen game. That would suck. I think. Um, a less less obvious one. Ooh, I think. I think I'm gonna go Texas boys. I'm staying, I'm staying down <laughs> South here, <laughs> Texas. Um, and, and for a lot of the same reasons as Texas tech, I just think Texas is just a slightly worse team um, than, than tech is. But I mean, you know, another team that we, you know, pretty much manhandled 
early on in the season. I do think Chris Beard is objectively a good college basketball coach. So that concerns me. Um, and I think, you know, just like tech, Texas has grown up a lot this season. And I think they've gotten massively better since we obliterated them back when the boys were down in Austin. Um, <laughs> so those, uh, I'm a little bit nervous about the Texas schools. Uh, you know, I think I, I agree with everyone else's picks so far, but I'll, I'll just throw those two, those two schools into the, into the ring. I, see I don't know if I agree with the Texas pick. I, I just feel like they're a lot of pieces, but not a puzzle. You know what I mean? Wow. Deep. I think Chris Beard's scary. I think he could get that team playing, playing the right way, but I, I totally agree. Zane. I wouldn't want to see either one of those teams again. Um, my contender, I don't want to see, and no one's talked about it yet. Say it, say it, Dan. I, I saved this uh, one just for you. It's the emotional one. It's Arizona. I don't want to play Arizona. Ooh. Unless it, unless it's the natty. If it's the natty, then let's go, baby. West coast basketball, Tommy Lloyd, Mark few, everyone will just hate it. And it'll be amazing. Um, I don't want to see them on the road to the national championship though. Um, and then my dark horse ish probably team would be like a four seed where i wouldn't love a sweet 16 matchup arkansas i think uh jd note is a hell of a point guard uh they got a good big and jalen williams really physical guy really high energy guy and i think muss is a good coach and i don't want to i don't i don't want that game i don't i don't want it at all so that would be the team i don't want to see quick quick note about arkansas i do have a cousin that attends that school and i did text him and he has said that he does not expect much from the Hogs as they have, quote-unquote, zero size. So with that Dang. in mind, we, we eat them up. They have a big that's at least 6'10", if not 6'11". So oh, we, have, we have two of those. Maybe they don't have depth. Oh, oh, they oh. Have a big... oh, oh nope, we beat them by 20. <laughs> I feel it's like not... just them being on the West Coast would be – because I feel like Arkansas, that home crowd is such a big thing for them. And I don't know if, if Arkansas travels to the West Coast. They ain't about that city life. I think we got to back up and talk about this Arizona one a little bit more. Just because oh. that is, it, it feels like that is being built up as like a dream scenario for a lot of Gonzaga fans. For me, it's a nightmare scenario. I think, and I, and I, I like that Dan said, you know, it'd be fun as a championship game. Anything before that just kind of screams like a UCLA sort of emotionally draining game where even if we win, no matter what happens, that's going to be a close game just because of the emotions, uh, let alone that, you know, it's two likely one seeds playing each other. If we fucking play Arizona in the final four, I'm going to be so nervous after that game for, for what comes next. I think it's just, it just screams the UCLA matchup from last year. I think it's pretty simple with that, that we just have to root for Arizona to win the Pac-12 and we'll be one and two on the opposite sides. And we only meet for the Natty on the first Monday in April. That's, that's all we care about. So How many points does Omar Ballo get against us? Is the real question. Fucking zero. Oh my God. I, Get Omar into the fucking game as soon as we can and feed Please. Timmy. Let Damn. Timmy put Omar into a fucking pretzel. He will just contort his own body and fall over on the floor oh, if man. Timmy goes against him. But maybe maybe Balo knows all the secrets against us, how to guard us. 
Bala's no, only hope against Timmy. Take. His only hope against Timmy is that he is so slow that Drew Timmy couldn't juke him if he wanted to because Bala just wouldn't move. He would just stand still. <laughs> I mean, oh, as as a thing stand right now, is there a chance that if Zona doesn't win the Pac-12, could they get jumped for that two spot? I think Kansas could jump them. Like Kansas has like three losses the past like two weeks. Right? I think the only Where team that could do it is Baylor is at this point. Fair. Yeah. Wow. I feel like if that Auburn, be... if Auburn, Auburn could, right? If they win the they, SEC, I think they're yeah. the five right now, right? Auburn's they're the four, the, and Kentucky's the five. Uh, Kentucky's a dangerous two Fuck any whoever's the two seed out of the SEC, that's a dangerous, dangerous Oof. two seed. Yeah. Well, Kentucky's well, would, a lock for a get... two because they've lost six games. There's no way you're they're a one with six losses. If they win the SEC tourney, that that holds a lot of weight. Yeah, I'm, because there's... I'm not I'm not nearly as scared of Kentucky as you guys are. But go for it. Keep going, Jake. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, I was just saying. Um, I mean, besides <laughs> us in Arizona, like the next teams have like at least five losses. Uh, I guess Auburn has four, but they have some bad ones. I could totally see Kentucky being a one seed if they win the SEC. I, yeah, I guess they're number five. That's not that out of the question right now. Yeah, no. <laughs> Didn't Kentucky <laughs> smack Kansas at Kansas? Yeah. yeah I think yes, so. they did. That plus an SEC tourney title sounds like a one Kansas team. is pretty streaky. They are they are a weird team. I, I cannot peg them. And in like all likelihood, if Kentucky wins it, they'll be beating the likes of Arkansas, Tennessee, and Auburn. So getting two of those, knocking two of those teams off, that's pretty fucking impressive. Sign yeah. me up for a Baylor fucking loss to Kansas in the Big 12 championship. Baylor moves down to the number four one seed, and we beat the shit out of Baylor in the final four. That's what I, I, do, I don't want anything to do with Baylor again. Give me all of like, Baylor. I. <laughs> Dude, that that is a, again a physical team. They've been injured all year, and they've still like they're still the fourth ranked team. Like that's I don't like what's what's happening down in Texas. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Soft. No one likes what's going down in Texas, but uh, I'll wrap it up. My uh, obvious team. I'm gonna go also with the Arizona Wildcats. I think that's a game where we play very similar styles. They have a very similar built team i think it's just going to come down to the wire really uh, you know unless one team gets exceptionally hot or exceptionally cold for whatever reason i think they they're going to play hard i think tommy's going to have them riled up as he always does and how he used to do for the zags back in the day um then my not so obvious one you guys have to follow me on this one a little bit you're we're playing the second game of the first weekend against the either eight or nine seed team who has just knocked off Houston twice, and let's just say for the sake of this example, wins their tournament. Yes, I'm talking about the Memphis Tigers. This is a team, let's not forget, they've got some talent. And I, I'm, I, I ignore Imani Bates at this point. I don't care about him. I'm talking about Jalen Duran, who is about as physically imposing of a bit. He's like a more coordinated Mark Williams, and we all saw how that went against Duke. And then they have experience with Landers, Nolly, and DeAndre Williams. I think two transfers that can fill it up. They've got good guards. They're super athletic. And 
that team's playing inspired and they're hot, shit, that's a tough second matchup. Like, that's, that's a good team. Um, so that's my not as obvious pick, I guess, because there's a pretty realistic chance they could be an eight or a nine seed. Um, but, yeah, I guess uh, that Page. wraps up our NCAA. Oh. Paige, you're absolutely right. Currently, they're an 11 seed, and they have won 10 of their last 11 games. <laughs> they're piping hot. Well, it's fine. The 18-year-olds are 19 now, so they're really getting that maturity. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've got, like, some of those transfers are pretty solid. Um, it sounds like they're really starting to get a rotation set. And, I mean, they beat Houston twice. And, yeah, Houston's not the same team as last year, but they're still a solid team. Solid team. Has Benny um, Hardaway but... won a tournament game yet? Has he been to a tournament game yet? I don't think he's been to a tournament game. Uh, they? Oh, they were because oh yeah, because of the James Wiseman stuff, right? Yeah, that's right. I think so. Is it Amani like Bates off the team? Isn't Amani Bates on? No, I, I don't think he's really playing much. No, he's uh, yeah, he's coming off like the crazy. bench, but he's also like seventeen, which is pretty pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, maybe he should have stayed in high school. That might have been. <laughs> Was Boogie Ellis at Memphis? Knows. Yeah, but yeah. he transferred to USC, right? No, that's yeah. what, that's, what, that's, that's what Zane's Mem- Trojans. Yeah, Zane, I'm kind of – Zane, I'm kind of – You didn't say uh, <laughs> USC as your uh, non, non-contender. Yeah. Player. Oh, fucking sign me up for a game against USC. <laughs> that team sucks. That team is terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible to watch. Last oh, year, they're, they're, they presented a challenge on paper – uh, just with, you know, Mobley, who is now probably the rookie of the year in the NBA. So on paper last year, that team, scary, absolutely desecrated them. They're just a shell of them former selves. Absolute frauds. Put them in the Big Ten. Sign me up for any matchup against USC. We would. What, you don't think five. Peterson's going to lead them deep Drew into Peterson's the tournament? Kind of saucy. He would look great. Drew Peterson has a punchable face in the in college basketball. That's not true. It's Peter Kiss. But Drew Peterson would look absolutely (laughs) glorious in a Gonzaga uniform. Glorious. Maybe maybe we can trade Joe. You don't mean that. (laughs) That was gross, Zane. That was gross. Okay. That's enough tourney talk. We gave you our two matchups we don't want before the tournament. Uh, Hopefully, you know, none of them come true. Um, come Sunday next week. Um, little tourney talk with these boys, and then Jake and I will also be uh, hopping on Max Graves' podcast to talk a little tournament, talk a little Zags. Um, but I think with that being said, Zambi's got a special little ad for us tonight. Yeah, um, it's not as much of an ad as it has been in previous episodes here. Similar to last week's episodes, it's more of a a therapy session. I know I'm a minority here in terms of Seattle sports, but today, March 8th, 2022, has been one of the darkest days in Seattle sports history. It's up there with the Sonics leaving, with Ken Griffey Jr. getting traded. Uh, Honestly, it was hard to work today because... At 11 a.m. Pacific time, I get a notification. Russell Wilson has been traded to the Denver Broncos. And obviously, 
my group chats start blowing up. We compound that with Bobby Wagner. One of the, he was drafted on the same day as Russell Wilson. <laughs> this guy is the backbone of our defense. He gets released. And then on top of that as well, we get that Tyler Lockett is on the trading block. And in Seattle, one, we don't have Salmer's baseball at this time. Two, the Kraken are irrelevant. Just terrible. Go Knights. Sell the plug. But it's been a really hard day. And uh, I think a lot of our listeners will grieve with me on this. But, uh, yeah, I found out the Bobby Wagner stuff while I was with Jake. I started – he didn't see it, I don't think. But I, I teared up a little bit. <laughs> he was deep in the tequila bottle. <laughs> There, there's still a, a little bit more left, but uh, yeah, now we have a uh, Drew Locke who wraps put on as our starting quarterback or backup. He has a DUI allegation pending, and our third string quarterback is just a piece of shit from UW. So <laughs> I, I am in shambles right now. Um, I, I would love to hear what any of you guys have to think about this. <laughs> No, you no, you wouldn't, Zambi. Uh, Zambi, is this? Would you consider this rock bottom as a Seattle sports fan? No, because it's our year for the Mariners. Oh my God! So <laughs> don't don't do that you to want, yourself. What would be electric is a Gardner Mitchell versus uh, what? Who's a UW quarterback? Jake. Uh, Jake Eason. Uh, Jake Eason. Um, Gardner Mitchell quarterback battle. For the QB position, if the the Seahawks trade for for Minshew, that would just be—I mean—that at least like your team would be bad, but there'd be a fun like news story about it, you know. It is there like a is there like a prominent college quarterback that's available this year? Kenny Pickett, and then that's it. No, I do not want Kenny Pickett. Malik Willis, yeah, oh. the Liberty guy, I guess. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so so i was talking i was talking to jake a little bit about this uh obviously i don't want kenny malik he's gonna be gone by the ninth pick that we got from the broncos i'm thinking that the seahawks just go old school and draft the eastern washington quarterback average like three touchdowns four thousand yards i think like 10 interceptions over his four years at eastern and you can see with Cooper Cup, like Eastern's not a bad football school. So it could be worth a shot. But um, as of right now, I'm, I'm definitely sensing ticket prices are going to drop a lot. Maybe Jamal Adams yeah, could play well, quarterback. He's definitely <laughs> not playing safety. He's definitely not playing receiver. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I think it's only fair – to highlight the other big piece of uh, football news that affects the fandom on this podcast. At least we get a sad Jake for four more years. Aaron oh, Rodgers, her Jake was getting a little too happy, a little too excited that his Bears might might have a fighter's chance at uh, taking over the NFC North or whatever that division is. Jake. Um, I'd like to start out. I would like to blame Shailene Woodley 
uh, for this for signing. Um, I, I don't know what happened. Like he, he broke up or she broke up with him. And then now suddenly Aaron Rodgers is all about Green Bay. I guess $200 million for four years is pretty nice. Uh, but yeah, I thought the Packers were going to collapse, but they fucking rose up again. Like a uh, tumor is how I would describe them. Um, God damn it. It's so frustrating to know we're just going to lose like at least six of the last next eight games to the Packers. Very excited for that. I'm convinced now that Chicago just hired Shailene Woodley as like a sleeper agent to just like ruin Aaron Rodgers' football career. But he was such an asshole, she had to quit her deep cover mission. Hmm. Compelling argument you have there, but um, I, for one, am very excited because oh, I get you, a lot of joy. Are you very excited? I'm very happy. Yep. Very excited. Very well, excited. yeah, because you know, your team, <clears throat> insert whatever team here, is looking great. So, nope. Oh, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. I forgot to tell you guys. Oh, oh, okay. Guy. He's a Bills fan now, guys. Lots of connections in Buffalo, JPH has. <laughs> so, what he started out Hello. Chargers, Cardinals, Goff. He went uh, to Tampa Bay for a little bit. He was Bucks, Tampa Bay. He was a little by for okay. a bit, doing both teams. We love the hate, Jake. Bring it on because you're going to be suffering so much. And I to the Bills can't or wait. The, no, no, no. Mr. Rogers. I can't wait. You know what? Fuck I can't it. wait, Jake. It's, it it's off-season. I can be as optimistic so as I want to be. Justin Fields, MVP. Let's do it. Let's get <laughs> We're it going. on the same team, gentlemen. <laughs> anyways, anyways. I'll talk to you after This March. goes back. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have some things we need to discuss, Jacob. But um, what was I going to say? Hopefully, the whole Seattle thing is a little bit of a sacrifice, and that the uh, you know Seattle Zags get a little sacrifice for the Zags in March. I don't know. I'm trying to find a positive here. I think with that being said, I'm pretty gassed. Boys, seen a little gas. We're fighting through for you guys. Let's close this episode out, boys. Uh, good shit. See you Sunday. Um, yeah, we'll have a bracket. Shit. Oh, God. I'm going to spend so much time Sunday making mock brackets. Hell yeah. <laughs> Wait, what, what's the bet going to be this this year? Oh, is Cooper invited to participate in the bet? I don't know. No, Dan's not. <laughs> what has Dan not done? Dan has a curse. We all know this. <laughs> no, we covered tonight. We covered. That's an anomaly. It's an outlier. <laughs> no, it's Justin. Justin has the curse now. I'll put it on myself. All right, uh, boys. I'm no wonder we've set up the San Diego. <laughs> no, I, I was gonna propose. Right. I was gonna propose one thing here. Oh, do we open up the brackets to our listeners? Granted, they they actually pay. I think we did that last year, didn't we? we did that last year? Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, the winner was uh, got to be on the show. Who won? Who was it? Wasn't it your cousin? Was it my cousin? It was your brother, but he had a bachelor party and he wasn't able to attend the Uh, show. Yeah, that's it. Fuck you guys. He had Baylor winning, that asshole. Still haven't Oh, yeah, we said that was too close to home when he picked Baylor. We couldn't have him on. Yeah. Well, that's how he phrased it. He's like, well, I figure either Gonzaga or Baylor's going to win and no one else in this bracket's going to pick Baylor. So. It worked out pretty well. Still haven't talked to him since.
classic Gilman logic there. Just playing the math. Exactly. Big stats guys over here. Gosh. Alright. Well, boys, good shit tonight. Talk to y'all soon. Toodaloo. This Sunday, baby. Good Zags. Zags.